So I know this is a little different than normal as far as our schedule is concerned. I have been asked to uh, make some little time for something that's coming at the end. So that's why things are a little different. So just bear with us here. But if you have your Bibles, and I trust that you do, if you can open with me to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15, welcome to week, week 8 of our Names of God series where we are exploring names of God revealed to us in Scripture, showing us the ultimate point is that God has a name for every need we'll ever have. So any need we have, God has a name showing us he is more than enough to meet our needs. And let me set up today's name this way. So a little different, but so a man went to the doctor and he said, Doc, you've got to check out my leg. Something is wrong. Just put your ear up to my knee and you'll hear it. So, of course, the doctor cautiously placed his ear to the guy's knee and he heard, give me 20 bucks. I need 20 bucks. So the doctor exclaimed, I've never seen or heard anything like this before. And the patient said, that's nothing, doc. Put your ear on my shin. So the doctor pressed his ear to the shin and heard, give me $10. I need $10. Of course, the doctor was dumbfounded and said, sir, I really don't know what to tell you. And the patient said, wait, doc, there's more. Put your ear to my ankle now. So the doctor put his ear to the ankle and he heard, I need five bucks. Give me five bucks. So the doctor basically was blown away, took a minute thought and then told the patient in my expert opinion based on all of my experiences I can tell that your leg appears to be broke in three places <laughs> some of you will get that later but here's the deal let me ask this question how many of you have ever broken a bone how many of you have ever broken more than five bones oh I'll hear a few stories about those how many of you ever had stitches so more of us there you know, you can tell a lot about someone based on the scars that they have. And we know that every scar that we have tells some story. Many of them, of course, are stories of stupidity, but stories nonetheless. But what we know is this. Everyone gets wounded in this life. You might not have ever broken any bones in your life, ever had any stitches in your life. But I can assure you of this. You've been wounded. You've been wounded by life. You've been wounded by by others. Just think about the, the pain, the hurt, the sickness, the brokenness in our world. Even think about our own, our own prayer list that we put out every week, and it's filled with literally name after name after name of people who are in need of physical healing. And what we don't always put on our prayer list or even mention in Sunday school are, are all the needs for emotional healing that we have, relational healing, circumstantial healing that takes place that we need in our lives and what we know is that none of us none of us in this room enjoy a perfect or pain-free life we all need to be made well because something that is maybe broken in our body maybe broken in our emotions broken in our relationships broken in our lives we may need to be healed from pain of the past we might need to be healed from anguish in the present or from the hurts that will come in the future. And we think about all of those hurts, all of that pain. This morning, we come to the name Jehovah Rapha, which means the, the God who heals. He is the Lord who heals us. The name Rapha appears almost 70 times in the Old Testament, and it means to 
heal, to restore, to cure, or it speaks of a physician. And some would even say a great physician. But then think about how all of us have encountered that physician and kind of what we think about when we hear the term that God heals or the name Jehovah Rapha. And I think of what Pastor Sam Storms wrote, and I'm going to show it to you on the screen. He says this, we must leave room for mystery in God's ways. Some things will always remain unexplained. Why God does or does not choose to heal is ultimately subject to his wisdom and sovereign purposes. Why God chooses to heal in part or in whole, now or later, this person but not that one, is often beyond our capacity to understand. Resist a tendency to replace divine mystery with human, human formulas. And I say all that to say this. This morning, I want us to come humbly, not just to the name, but to the person of Jehovah Rapha. Meaning, we don't demand from him what is only his to give. We come humbly to him and we come, I pray, that after today we'll come to trust him more and more, even with the, the darkest, most terrible moments of our lives that somehow, some way, he has asked us to walk through. So let's dive in this morning and behold Jehovah Rapha. And if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor God's word. We're going to read Exodus 15, through 27, and then I'll give you a little recap of it in just a moment. So beginning of verse 22, then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shore. <coughs> Excuse me. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statue and a rule, and there he tested them saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. So let's pray. Father, we come before you, and we do come before you as a broken people, as a people in need of spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional, relational healing, Lord. And we thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who heals. And we ask that we would be able to relate that name better to our lives today and learn to trust you more and more with every detail of our life. Just speak, O oh God, for we are listening in Jesus' name, amen, and you may be seated. So just a little recap. So in Exodus 14, as a story that we are familiar with, Moses led the people of Israel through the power of God out of Egypt through the Red Sea, where they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. When the Israelites saw the power of God that was for them, and it was also against the Egyptians, they feared the Lord even more. When God delivered them from Egypt, of course, Israel came to know God as Jehovah, the one who heard their cries, the one who responded to their needs, the one who delivered them with his power. And the longer that Israel journeyed with God, the more revelations that God made himself known. We're going to see this, that many of these revelations, a lot of them are coming from Exodus, and we're going to see it, this ongoing revelation of God. But then when we get to Exodus 15, 
It begins with a song of praise. So the people are praising God in song when they're looking back at what just happened in this amazing miracle where they crossed the Red Sea. Yet, here's what we know, and here's what I, or you, you will know. There is sometimes not much space between our joyful singing and our sorrows. Sometimes there is a very small space. So after escaping Egypt through miraculous means, the Israelites are now led three days into the wilderness, and there is no water. So their bodies are now craving liquid. They are wanting water. They've come too far to turn around now. So try to get three days back, and they're guaranteed death. So in the 11th hour, they walked over a hill. They see a body of water in the distance. They begin to have hope. They pick up their pace, even though their heads have to be pounding from the dehydration that comes or the headaches that come because of dehydration, they had to have told their kids, just hold on, just press on. The water is there. We're almost going, we're about to make it. And they get there and they take the water in their hands. They lift the water to their mouth and yuck, it's bitter. Oh, the agony of defeat and the agony of discouragement that had to set in in that moment. And then think about that three-day journey. That three-day journey recalls the three days journey to worship God that Moses had told Pharaoh about before and during the plagues. He kept telling Pharaoh, God has commanded us to take a three day journey to worship him. Yet instead of a place to worship, they came to Mara, which is a place of bitterness. The word Mara appears three times in verse 23, and it means bitter, bitter -er -er, and bitter -er 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 -er. So bitter, it's, it's a bitter place to be. It's, and it's not just used to communicate the condition of the water. It's used to communicate the condition of God's people, that they had become a bitter people. And let me, just, let me just say this this morning. There is nothing worse than a person who claims to be a child of God and yet who is absolutely bitter to the core. There's nothing worse than that. So the information that God had given the Israelites three days before at the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea was that God was saying, I'm bigger than any problem you'll ever have with water. That's what God told them at the Red Sea. Any problem you'll ever have with water, I am bigger than that problem. Yet three days after that amazing revelation, God tests them. He gives them a water test and they fell miserably. They fell miserably. And this passage that we just read is a vivid account of the Lord's people having been delivered by miraculous means through the Red Sea, now beginning to rebel against their deliverer, the one who had delivered them. So meaning now they're doubting his goodness, they're doubting his care, they're doubting his faithfulness, they're doubting his love, they're doubting his ability. And there are times in our lives, let's be honest, where I'm about to say in just a few minutes, we are just like them. God delivers us through something, and then the next thing comes, and God, why? God, I don't understand. God, do you love me? God, this or God, that. So today I want to place before us three truths concerning Jehovah Rapha. And we're going to fly through these because of time. There's so much I wish we could get to, but just follow with me here. Number one, Jehovah Rapha leads us. Jehovah Rapha leads us. Us. Look at verses 22 and 23 on the screen. It says, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Surah, or Shur. Then, then they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to, Mar 
to Mara. They could not drink the water of Mara because it was bitter. So here's what we know. God was leading Moses. Moses was leading the people. And Moses, it tells us, takes the people straight into a test, into the wilderness. And the wilderness isn't exactly an exciting place for us to be, but it was the only way that God could take them where God would have them to be, meaning the only way to get from Egypt where they were to Canaan where God wanted them to be was going through the wilderness. And often the only way for God to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be is take us through a wilderness places of testing even though they're not places we want to go they're not places we like to stay but he is taking us through those places and just remember the israelites here they're not outside of the will of god they're inside of god's will so the message for us today is this you can be in a dry land right now and still be inside the will of god you can be in a place where you don't have all the things that you think you need in this moment and still be inside the will of God. You can be in a place facing physical illnesses and ailments and injuries and still be in the center of God's will. You can be in a dry place in your life and still be where God has you perfectly right now. This is what we see in the people of Israel. So the purpose then becomes, well, why? Why would God lead us there? Why through the wilderness. And the story is told of a young boy who discovered a cocoon in a backyard tree. And he studied the cocoon carefully, looking for some sign of life. And at last, several days went by, but the boy saw what he had been waiting for. So inside this filmy shell, a newly formed butterfly was struggling to get out. So filled with compassion for this butterfly, the boy used his pocket knife to enlarge the hole. So exhausted, the butterfly, of course, tumbles out and just laid there. And what the boy didn't realize was that the struggle to get out of the cocoon was the way that God designed butterflies to build their strength to be able to fly. So this boy, in having compassion on this butterfly, and inadvertently crippled and ultimately doomed the butterfly. And the point is, brothers and sisters, God will take us through tests to strengthen us for the tests that are coming. He'll take us through the wilderness to strengthen us for what is coming next. And we go from strength to strength to strength in his strength. But the question comes for us is this. When God squeezed the people of Israel on the outside, what came forth from their inside was bitterness. What happens when God squeezes us? When God squeezes you from the outside, what, what comes out? What is inside of you? And the point for us is, listen, we all have Maras. We cannot bypass Mara. We cannot detour around Mara. We can't skip over Mara. We can't tunnel under Mara. We have to go through places of bitterness. Now think about these complaining, grumbling, bitter Israelites. And you know who they remind me of? Me. I'll, I'll let you off the hook for now. They remind me of, of me. How often am I so 
quick to blame the Israelites for their lack of faith. Yet I forget how many times I walk through something and I go, God, you are so good. You met me here in the, the last hour, in the last moment. I'll never doubt you again. I'm going to trust you from this moment forward. You have strengthened my belief in you. And I turn around the next day and something comes. And I'm like, why, God? Why? You know, and all of a sudden I forget all of these things that God just brought me through. And I forget that, as James 1, 2 says it, I forget the joy that I'm supposed to have even when I'm facing the trial because of what the trial is going to do, what it's going to produce in my life. How often we forget that God is leading us even in bad places for good. He's leading us in dry places for our good. He's leading us in difficult places for our good. Jehovah Rapha leads us, but then secondly, Jehovah Rapha is gracious to us. Jehovah Rapha is gracious to us, and this is where it gets really good. Think about this. The Israelites are complaining about Moses, which really they're complaining about God because God is leading. We don't even get a hint of the Israelites confessing here, only Moses praying. But here, just listen to God's gracious answer. You'll see it in verses 25 and 27. Verse 25 says, The Lord showed him a log, or other versions say a tree, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And then verse 27 says, Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. And what God does here in an amazing, gracious miracle is he transforms the water and he brings sweetness out of that which was bitter. And the questions for us then become this, what is your mara? What are those bitter experiences in your life that you have drunk from or that you are drinking from even right now? Have the bitter waters that you have had to drink in your life made you bitter? And in your bitterness, are you even desiring now sweetness? I know many people, they are just their lot in life, even as Christians, is like, I'm just destined for a bitter life. And they just live in that bitterness, never seeking the sweetness that God has provided. Listen, after God revealed to Israel his name, Jehovah Rapha, what he does next is he then leads them to a place called Elam, a place where there was plentiful provision. Elam was a place of abundance. It had 12 springs of water, one spring for every tribe of Israel. It had 70 palm branches, basically one from all of the what would be 70 elders of Israel. But the, the point is this. To Israel, the numbers 12 and 70 are symbolic of fullness, of blessing, or even perfection. Meaning, it would be enough for God just to give us what we needed to survive. But oftentimes, God in his grace gives us just a little more. He gives us just a little more. So from the everlasting fountain of God's grace, he showers his people with provision because we believe and know that he is still Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He is still doing that in our lives. And again, the people of Israel didn't get to Elam by skipping Mara. They got to Elam by going through Mara. They discovered Elam once they had discovered that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Think about this. If God would have taken them straight to Elam, skipping Mara, two things would have happened. Number one, they would have never seen the condition of their own hearts. They, would have, they wouldn't have seen the bitterness that was so quick to come out of them. But secondly, they would have never come to know Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And what I am awestruck about is 
how tenderly God dealt with his murmuring, complaining, bitter people. God's gentle love towards his people, in, in spite of their bitterness, should melt our hearts and should cause us to remember how gracious God is to us. How gracious God has been to you. I can assure you this. I don't know much about you. I know this. God has treated you, treated you better than you deserve. That I know. Because he's treated me better than I deserve. That is his grace. Jehovah Rapha is gracious to us. And then number three, Jehovah Rapha heals us. He heals us. And healing, as we know, can come in different ways. Not only physical healing, but spiritual healing, emotional healing, relational healing. Yet what I know is, as crazy as this sounds, our pain is never wasted. God never wastes one bit of pain that you or I will ever go through. Just listen to verse 26 again. It says this, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. And I love that because God doesn't say, I am Yahweh, the God who heals water. He says, I am Yahweh, the God who heals you. God who heals you. And unfortunately, many people have read into this verse a lot of misinformation and a lot of terrible theology. And that terrible theology goes something like this. Well, if you're one of God's children and you trust in God and you just have more faith then God will heal you every time, and really you won't even have any diseases at all. Does that sound like your life? Which either means that you don't have any faith in your life, or what they're saying is a bunch of bunk. And think about this. If you obey the Lord, and you just have more faith, and ask Him to build your faith, you'll never be sick and never have any disease whatsoever. The point is, listen, that's not what the Lord was, was referring to here. What he's referring to, if you look at verse 26, is he's looking back at the ten plagues he had just sent upon Egypt. And what he's saying is this, you don't have to end up like them. That's what God is saying. You don't have to end up destroyed like them. You don't have to end up suffering over and over again because you're disobedience like them. Now, God even said, here, if you listen to my commandments, I, I love, there's a book called None of These Diseases by S. I. McMillan. And he noted Strangely enough and crazy enough that many of God's laws to Israel had a direct impact on their hygiene and on their health. Meaning practices such as circumcision, quarantine, washing and running water, eating kosher made a real medical difference and allowed them to live a life that many times was free from the diseases of the world around them. But God is talking, of course, here much more than that. It's not just eat right. It's there's a picture where God is a healer, and, and he'll, please hear me. Our God can and does heal. He is a healer. He is still Jehovah Rapha. Yet, please understand this. Physical healing is a temporary remedy for our mortal bodies. Let me say it again. Physical healing is a temporary remedy for our mortal bodies, meaning this. You might be sick today, and God will heal you, praise be to God. Yet, guess what? You're still going to die. You're still going to die. So why God, 
while he still heals physically, it appears God has a bigger agenda. And what that bigger agenda is, is this, to heal us first and foremost spiritually. It doesn't make much sense in the economy of God for God to say, listen, yes, I'll heal all of your physical diseases and, and heal our physical diseases. And then one day we die and we spend eternity in hell. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense in God's economy. Therefore, God, first and foremost, wants to save us from our spiritual sickness. He wants to heal the spiritual sickness that is inside of us and give us healing that will transform us forever. And so while God still physically heals in these incredible ways, the bigger healing is spiritually. Have you even spiritually touched? So at Mara, what God does is he reveals to his people that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. If, if they had never faced bitter times, they would have never come to know God in this way. But let me say this. Let me kind of draw a, a line here. The Jehovah, Jehovah in the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Testament. Therefore, if you are sick today, what should you do? Here's what you should do. Cry out to Jesus and ask him to heal you. If you are sick today, cry out. Ask him to heal you. And here's what I know. Here's what I believe with all my heart based on the word of God. He will heal you in one of three ways. Instantly, gradually, or ultimately. Ultimately. So Jesus, he is able to heal us instantly. Think about the times in scripture where just a word from Jesus, demons left. Just a word from Jesus, sickness left. Just a word from Jesus, those who were dead are now alive. He is able to heal instantly. He is also able to heal gradually. I think of in Mark 8, the man who was blind, who was healed in stages. Or I think about the story of Lazarus. By the time Jesus reached Lazarus, he had been in the tomb dead for four days. Jesus shows up. He called him. He comes out. Did Jesus heal Lazarus? Yes. Did he heal him dramatically? Yes. Did he heal him instantly? No. He allowed Lazarus to get sick and die. He allowed Mary and Martha, others, to go through that time of grieving. Yet, don't forget, every instantaneous and gradual healing in this life is still temporary. We don't have to think about this, but every single person that Jesus healed, and even every single person Jesus raised from the dead, still died again. They still died. Every single one of them. Therefore, our highest hope isn't just instantaneous healing. Our highest hope isn't just gradual healing. Our highest hope is ultimate healing. That, got, okay, that should have gotten more than just two amens. If, if that's your hope, if that's not your hope, then your hope is built on sand. If our hope is built on the solid rock, then we, are, we have a promise in Revelation 21 and 22 that we will see God face to face. And in seeing him face to face, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more sickness. No more calendars where you have all your doctor's appointments. No more attending funerals. No more of all of those things. Because we are healed ultimately and we are in his presence. That is the promise that we have from our God. And I want to end our time today by focusing on that spiritual healing, by focusing on that tree or that log that Moses was commanded to throw into Mara. And many have tried to name a specific tree there in that region and talk about the natural ability of that tree to purify water over time. And yet, let me be very clear. 
The miracles talked about in the Bible are not meant to lead us to find natural causes. They're meant to lead us to have our faith bolstered in the God of the impossible. That's the point, to have our faith bolstered. And this God that we serve is the God of the impossible. You might say, well, I just can't figure it out. Who cares? Thankfully, my faith doesn't depend on you being able to figure it out. My faith depends on God being able to do it. And praise God, he does it. Over and over and over again, he does it. So this tree that brought healing is a foreshadowing of another tree that would bring us healing. The tree called Calvary. For God has a pattern all throughout the Bible of using wood to work wonders, particularly to bring healing. Yet it goes even further because it refers more than just to a tree. It refers to the one who hung on the tree. Our Savior, who, hear this, took our bitterness, took the bitterness of sin upon him so that he could give us the sweetness of the salvation that he earned for us. Think about this picture. Rather than just give up on us, God initiated an an eternal plan, a plan that if we were given 100 eternities, we would have never came up with. But instead of continuing this endless cycle of punishing and restoring, punishing and restoring, God allowed his own son to be punished. God allowed his own son to be immersed and thrown into bitter waters of sin. My sin, your sin, the sins of the entire world, instead of Instead of being drowned in that amazing sea of bitterness and sin, Jesus came out of it. And therefore, because he came out of it, he is able to offer all of us living water. Living water that is sweet to our taste. You see, God doesn't just provide a remedy to us. He is our remedy. So that when you allow God to plant plant the cross of Jesus Christ in the midst of your bitter waters... Those bitter waters won't just become clean, and those bitter waters won't just become pure. Those bitter waters will become sweet. They will become sweet. And let me just say this. Please hear this. What our world needs most is not a bunch of Christians who live like the world, full of bitterness, under a facade called Christianity. Instead, the world needs to see Christians whose lives have been made pure, clean and sweet by the power of Jesus Christ so that we can offer the world more than what they already know, which is bitterness. Our hope is not offering them more bitterness. They already know bitterness. Our hope and their hope is offering the sweetness that is ours in Jesus Christ. For he takes that which is bitter and he makes it sweet again and again. Do you recognize today your need for Jehovah Rapha? Have you found spiritual healing in him have you seen your need to be spiritually healed to be saved because of the sickness of your sin have you cried out to him for the salvation that only he can give to you or are you here today and maybe you're seeking forgiveness or excuse me healing for yourself or healing for someone else around you and let me just say this i believe god is more than able he is more than able I don't always know if he's willing, but I know he's able. I I think about what our family went through this week in the passing of my aunt. And I know she went through cancer many, many different stages and to the point where she laid there on her deathbed. And yet the hope that the sadness we have is famous, real. 
what everybody else experiences, but we have hope. We have hope, and the hope that we have is something the world, the devil, no one can take it away from us. Because she knows the Lord, therefore she is absent from the body. She is present with him. And that is true forever. Forever. That is hope for us. But let me ask you this. Are you today, do you need healing for the bitter spirit that has come upon you? Because you've had to drink bitter waters and it's impacted you. If that is you today, come to the everlasting spring of Jesus. What God did for Israel at Mara, he will do for you. He changed their bitter into sweet. He changed the unpalatable into delightful. He changed hurting into health. He changes death to life. This is who our God is. This is what he does. He is still Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, look to him. Trust in him. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand to your feet. And I'm going to call praise team forward as we enter this time of invitation and consecration. And let us pray in this moment. So Jehovah Rapha, we come to you, the God who heals. And Lord, you don't just heal waters. You heal us. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room or anyone watching online that has never been healed spiritually of their spiritual sickness. Lord, I pray today would be a day that they cry out to you, Jesus. That they turn from trusting in themselves. They turn from their sin. They turn to you, Jesus, trusting you now as Savior and Lord. And your word says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But also pray for those walking through physical or emotional, relational pains. Father, it's possible for us to be right in the middle of your will and still be walking through such, such difficulty. And yet, God, you don't waste a bit of pain. You don't waste one tear that we cry. You don't, you don't waste one moment that we go through. You are working it. There's something going on, God, that we can trust you in. Help us to trust you more and more and more and more that you are Jehovah Rapha. You have done the greater, saving us from our sin. Therefore, God, we can trust you with every other detail of our lives. Help us to trust you more. Thank you for who you are, who you forever will be. In Jesus' name, amen. We've seen what you can do, a God of wonders.